Welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast, the show where we help you optimize your health, fitness, and mindset on a whole food, plant-based lifestyle. My name is Maxim Siguain. I am a former triathlete, powerlifter, bodybuilder, and basketball player, and I've been vegan for over nine years. I'm also the founder and CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching, which has helped over 500 vegans from 20 different countries to completely transform their bodies and their health. I'm excited for you to hear today's episode. Let's get into the show. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Podcast. Today, we have a Fit Vegan success story episode. We are joined by one of our Fit Vegan superstars, Dr. Nancy. Nancy, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. Good. Excited to to have you on the show and get to chat about you know how your journey went, how the how the whole thing went for you. Okay, sure, sure. Awesome. So I always like to get started with a little background on mm-hmm. you, right? Simply because um, people's main reason as to why they can't necessarily transform. Um, start exercising or start potentially just watching nutrition and eating a little bit healthier is they feel they have too many things on their plate, right? But I always like to show that everyone that is in the program is human and has other obligations besides working out and meal prepping all day and just focusing on that one specific area of their life. Um, so you might give me a little background as, as to who you are and kind of where you're at before you join the program. Okay. Um you know, mine as a as a, an older person approaching seventy, my tale is somewhat different um, than a lot of you know what I see on the chats and the group meetings and such. And that you know, I'm I'm uh, retired, and but my life has always been very full. Um, I help take care of my grandchildren. I visit and help my, help out my parents in their 90s. I, we, my husband and I travel a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, my life is, is fairly cluttered, um, but in a, in a good way. But mm-hmm. I certainly, you know, I, I think ultimately, especially now at this stage in the program, I, you know, I didn't find it as challenging as some who, you know, uh, have young kids and are working 50 hours a week. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it certainly was, uh, a switch for me, the, you know, following the blueprint. Yeah. So I'm curious what got you to the place where you felt like you needed to, to do this, like you felt like you needed to make a change. I'm always curious as to people's pivotal moment. Um, I think like many I've listened to um, that you've interviewed, I too was a, a Chef AJ uh, follower. I, you know, respect a lot of what she has to say. But um, so I had been vegan for a few years. And prior to that, I was vegetarian and or following the Mediterranean diet. And so I was trying to adhere to her game plan and also was very active. Um, you know, I did strength train before I was doing primarily about, uh, uh, you know, four or five days a week of this body pump class. And I wasn't, um, you know, though my weight was okay, um, I wasn't seeing 
any change. And, you know, I've been taking these pump classes for almost 20 years and, you know, trying again to adhere to this diet that was primarily carbs, very low protein, of course, plant-based. So when I saw you on Chef AJ's show, it was kind of like a light bulb, you know, that this may be something that I really needed to focus on body composition in ways that I hadn't before. So that sort of led me to taking the plunge because I, you know, I, um, I knew something was wrong and it was frustrating to me. And, um, and I liked the idea of the guidance because I didn't sort of want to hurt myself. I have sort of, I mean, like everyone, you know, I have a bad back and stuff and I, or I had back injuries and such. But so I just sort of liked the idea of having some guidance, a program to follow. Yeah, beautiful. So it, it, it's very common, right, what you share in, um, in the whole food plant-based world specifically to, um, you know, be told eat, you can eat as much as you want, keep it clean. It is primarily high carbs because a lot of the plant-based foods tends to be mm-hmm. a little bit more higher carbohydrates. Um, and the, the focus on protein is very minimal, um, which, you know, has mm-hmm. its place. Like it will make you healthy and it will keep you healthy, even with a low protein consumption. Um, and simply that if you're trying to shift your body composition, it's one of the criteria that has to be, um, brought up, right. That has to be paid attention to in order to accomplish that shift. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm curious, like you've been vegan for a few years, you're kind of using the approach of high carbs, slightly lower protein or not necessarily lower, but just not necessarily putting an emphasis on it. Right. Right. How, how have you seen your, your body shift and potentially how you're feeling shift throughout the course of the program by following this new nutrition structure? Um, you know, for me, I, th- I think it's been pretty noticeable. I didn't have you know, I'm one of those people that you, you know, you, you have a number in your program who didn't have a lot to lose. Yeah. I think it was and, four pounds. I, I looked it up before. The yeah, call. yeah. And, and, um, so, uh, it's interesting to me that, you know, I mean, like, again, what I've heard you talk about though, it wasn't that much to lose. I definitely have changed my shape and Mm -hmm. my definition, particularly if I flex my arms, you know, in the mirror (laughs) is, um, you know, there's more definition in my arms um, in particular than there ever has been. And Mm -hmm. I'm lifting heavier weights than I ever have been Um, with, you know, the pump class was largely um, the barbells. Yeah. And, uh, with a lot of, you know, sort of lower, I was using lower weights and higher repetitions. So now just using, not being afraid to use higher weights with the free weights in particular, um, you know, I have the strength and I'm noticing a big difference. I mean, I really didn't, you know, I've always sort of prided myself. Um, this was kind of my profession, um, you know, I mean, dealing with, with, I mean, I had to have a background in nutrition in the mm-hmm. kind of work I did. And, um, you know, I really didn't know um, that, that you needed, you know, a lot more protein and particularly protein like tofu. I never had prepared tofu before this program. 
you know, I was oh, largely having, yeah, I was largely having, you know, lentils and beans and even that in short measure. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so again, I think I was pretty, pretty, you know, adequate protein, but on the low side, Yeah. you know, even, you know, for my body weight. So um, I'm, it was kind of amazed how much my composition changed. And it, interestingly, you know, even though we don't do, you know, the workouts don't often include a lot of specific works like on the abs, I was always very sensitive about my abs. You know, again, I, I didn't have grave expectations at 70. You know, I, I didn't expect to close to 70, uh, you know, have a six pack, but definitely my abs are, you know, look different and clothes are fitting differently. And there's just a leaner look that mm-hmm. I'm cognizant of in this process. Yeah, you can. I looked at your photos before. You can definitely tell in, in your new photos, which are, you know, post reverse dieting, post mm-hmm. us having increased food, that there's a more ab definition. Um, so I'm happy that you got to, to experience that. I'm curious, did you notice any difference in the weights that we're using for? your pump class, because from what I understood, you weren't necessarily actively lifting weights before it was more that you were doing classes. And now we added the strength training. Um, have you noticed in the difference in, in the weights that you've been using in your class? Because you basically have data from 20 years. So I'm curious to see well, how it changed. I, I, I virtually stopped taking the pump class. I remember having that initial conversation with you saying, no, I don't want to leave. You know, these are my friends. This is my community. And I found that, you know, I had to kind of make some choices. You know, I, I mean, yeah, I like hanging out with them, but it's not really doing anything for me. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, I take it now and then, and I take the instructor's um, abs class, um, you know, fairly regularly. But, um, and the ones twice I have, I yes, I am lifting heavier on the barbells. But, yeah. um, you know, I never thought, you know, for instance, that I would be lifting, you know, bicep lifting 15 pounds, um, you know, on each, you know, hand. Yeah. I, I wasn't doing that. I was lifting eight on free weights with mm-hmm. in the pump class. And now I'm lifting 15, working up to 20, you know, 20 each. Yeah. So big difference. Significant difference, right? Yeah. You, you went, basically you went from eight for the barbell to 30. Pretty much almost tribute, yeah, triple the weight that you've been using. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. I remember the, the first conversation. It's when you want to do like specific classes or work towards another goal that may potentially slow down the other goal. Someone just shared this analogy with me this morning. Um, I, I come from a farming background. So it was another farmer I was talking to. And it was like, mm-hmm. if you put two chickens on the ground and you're trying to catch both at the same time, it'll be pretty challenging, right? Like if you're trying to catch one, you'll catch it and then you go for the second one. So sometimes right. people have two goals that potentially don't align and it's really challenging to go for both of them. And uh, it's very, you exert a lot of energy, right? Like you mentioned before, like you were physically active, you were putting effort into it, uh, into your exercise, you were putting effort into your nutrition, but the body just wasn't transforming the way that you, you wanted it to. Um, and so now we narrowed it down to one specific thing and now we've improved the the overall of your body and your fitness yeah i mean 
you know, I, I sort of am one who sort of commits to something to a fault. So I think I was just sort of following this path of taking certain classes, doing some, you know, interval work to a fault just because, well, I wanted to please the instructor. I didn't want to lead, hurt her feelings or his feelings. And yeah. um, it, you know, now I, I do find I'm, I, I'm more able to sort of question that and do things that are benefiting me, even if it's awkward. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's a great place to start the classes, but ultimately if you're seeking your own shifted body composition and transformation, there's a unique game plan that needs to be structured for you. Right. Because in a group setting, you can only push as much as you can, because it's an overall group that you have to watch mm -hmm. out for as mm -hmm. an instructor. So it does make it challenging. If you have someone that's a little bit more advanced or that wants to go a little bit faster, or push a little bit more, it's challenging to monitor everyone in one go. So I'm happy that you made the switch to having your own game plan because now you're seeing the difference that it's made for you. Um, yeah. So we talked about how much strength training made a difference, how much focusing on proteins made a difference. Um, is there anything else that was kind of a shock or potentially something you didn't expect when you started working with us? You're like, oh, that's new. I don't see how that's going to help me. And then actually ended up making a difference. Well, I like the... The, the fact that it's this sort of comprehensive structure. And that, in other words, it's not only on the physical, but there's emphasis on, you know, the meditation and, um, you know, the cold exposure and the reading. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I sort of have adhered to that and ultimately embraced it. I will say in the, beginning I was somewhat skeptical you know I wanted to look into okay what's the science behind this I've actually gotten into when I'm on the treadmill to um, complete my steps in the gym I've been listening to um, Andrew Huberman yep. who's um, you know backs a lot of this stuff up you know I mean the the cold exposure and the you know benefits of meditation and um you know, interviewing experts on longevity. So a lot of it has, um, you know, in other words, I've become convinced that mm. these are all positive things. Also, the other big change, ironically, was um, the water intake. I was drinking very little water. Um, and I rationalized that saying, well, you know, I have a lot of coffee, it's a negative on this one. <laughs> ne ne right. Or, or, you know, um, drinks with artificial sweeteners and things. And um, so building up to two liters, which is what I do now, was a process for me. That was a big challenge. But I really have noticed I feel better. Like, yeah. I think um, a lot of you know, I almost think like sometimes with my lethargy and things uh, was owing to just being dehydrated. Yep. Uh, so that's that's also been a change that I hadn't anticipated. Yeah. Um, but I like, you know, I like the overall structure. You know, I, I go, it's sort of yin and yang for me. I have a more obsessive style. So, um, you know, sometimes counting things like, you know, reading 10 pages or doing it, you know, I, 
I back off again. So I, I have been working with Sarah now um, with as I'm sort of ending the program and well into reverse dieting on intuitive eating. And that, you know, that, that has been very rewarding to me. I mean, I think that's um, definitely uh, something I can live with and it, it mitigates my anxiety. I think initially I had some anxiety just about the whole concept of the reverse dieting and I'm sure everyone does. Most people do. Yeah. Yeah. But I felt, okay, I'm an exception because, you know, I asked Sarah, I said, well, you know, can I talk to someone who's my age, who's gone through this, because I don't know, you know, about like, what do you mean? Like you keep adding calories. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, you know, gain what little I lost. But, um, you know, she was very patient. And, um, and when she introduced this concept of intuitive eating, which means, okay, look, you know, you're going to have date, you're sort of balancing around numbers. It's not like you mm -hmm. have to hit these exact numbers. Um, that helped me and and it's 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 working for me well i'm happy to hear that right I, I there's a place for intuitive eating and it's always after reverse dieting right because once you do the initial fat loss metabolism slows down we need to speed it up and for you to be in a position where when you move into intuitive eating there's going to be days that are slightly higher some days that are slightly lower but if your metabolism is sped up it can handle those higher increases on some days without affecting your weight drastically so you're in a much better position um because i i checked your your profile right you're you're i think before you came in you were eating like 12 to 1500 calories that was kind of like your range and now you're around 1800 calories after having lost the four pounds and you've been pretty stable for like the past several check-ins um, at that 1800 mark with the four pound fat loss. Um, and I, I'm happy you're moving into intuitive eating because that is the perfect time to do it is after reverse dieting. Uh, because in order to see a shift in body composition and reverse diet, there needs to be a certain level of preciseness that needs to be hit to be able to do it efficiently that you just can't get through intuitive eating. So it's much better to do it once, you know, you have a raging metabolism that can handle almost anything. Um, and that you've already have the body and the weight that you want. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it makes me laugh for the reverse dieting because a lot of people say that as a, can I, can I speak to someone that has done it? Like, how does it, how am I going <laughs> to eat more food and not put on weight after I've worked so hard yeah. to lose it? Uh, how was it for you on a week to week basis to see the food increase and to see the number on the scale kind of stay stable? Um, what was that journey like for you? Um, it was gratifying. I mean, you know, again, like everyone else, if the weight would go up, I, I, you know, I'm very connected to the scale. I, you know, I pretty much weigh every day. And that was another challenge <laughs> that I faced with Sarah because she said, no, no, stop weighing yourself. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been gratifying. Unlike, I mean, my, my tendency um, is not to sort of throw in the towel and say the hell with it and eat everything. My tendency is to stop eating, mm. <laughs> you know? So that's what, you know, my work was about, you know, look, you have to convince yourself that there's, you know, many variables that play into 
the number on the scale. You have to distance yourself, not as all the things you've said, not be so emotionally attached to it. Um, and, uh, you know, to sort of trust that it's um, going to level out and really resist the tendency to, you want, you know, want to go back to eating a thousand calories a day. Yeah, wanting to make any adjustments that would just bring you back to the old right. version of, of thinking. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is pretty challenging to not make emotion-based decisions, especially when it comes to our own body. It, it's hard for any other area of life, but especially when it comes to our own body. Um, but you're right, a lot of things uh, can affect your weight on the scale, especially if you weigh yourself on a daily basis. You could eat slightly later than normal. You could drink water a little bit later than normal and the weight's going to be up. You can have a really hard workout session. There's going to be more inflammation, therefore more water retention. Weight's going to be up the next day. Um, but I always like to, I don't know if you ever heard me say this, but I always like to paint the picture of if you were to put on a pound of fat in one day, right? By definition, it's 3,500 calories of energy, right? So you would have to eat 3,500 calories on top of your maintenance calorie, right? Which is like, let's just put at 2000 for simple math. So therefore you would have to eat 5,500 calories in order to theoretically put on one pound of fat in a day. I think that's would be near impossible. I think for you to eat that much in one day to put on a pound. Overnight. Right. And ironically, <laughs> I would tell people this myself, but practicing that you know, and, is and different. you know, facing my own emotional reaction was another story. It's interesting. Also, I have found that with the input of some sodium, which I was basically little or no sodium prior to your program, and yeah. drinking a lot more fluids, and even perhaps maybe the addition of some healthy fats, which I had virtually, you know, I avoided oil, you know, I yeah. was on AJ's trying to adhere to her um, recommendations. Um, and also Sarah's initial recommendation when I described what was going on with me with just pretty dramatic weight fluctuations was avoiding to an extent nightshade vegetables, which I seem to be, I don't know, have some reaction to. I found much, my, my, the, my weight has remained more stable than it ever has, I would say. With more uh, sodium and more water right, versus slightly before. More, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I think the, those factors have contributed to that, which is interesting to me. Yeah, well, first of all, it's essential. for It's great for muscle contraction when you're working out in a gym to have some electrolyte through the sodium. So it is really great, but if you're someone that's physically active, if you're not, I can see why bringing it lower would help. But if you're strength training, you want to build muscle, improve body composition, you need that those electrolytes. Um, but when you really think of it, if you're trying to eliminate sodium to near zero, as mm -hmm. soon as there's as soon as you eat something that mildly has any sodium, you're technically drastically increasing by a massive percentage the amount of sodium that's in your body. So therefore, it'll be more water retention. But if you consume an average amount of sodium, your weight will always stay within that range. It, it creates more stability. Right. And I wasn't aware of that. And that's, you know, been gratifying because I was always, you know, I was always baffled by that. Yeah. It's the same thing with keto. When you really think of it, um, keto is salt and uh, sorry, carbs is salt 
And then keto is removing all the salt. So by depleting your glycogen, as soon as you eat a little bit of it, weight spikes up because there's more glycogen, there's more water retention. So right. it feels like sodium is a bad thing. It feels like carb is the bad thing. But in reality, it's just, you know, reacting to how your body naturally stores these kinds of things. So if you have and keep them high, then there's no, there's not many weight fluctuations. And yeah, you honestly feel better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, again, I, I think there's a sense of just being healthier um, yeah. and not living in this kind of extreme. So what do you mean by extremes? Like what is, uh, well, what are you saying what you were doing before? No fat, no sodium, um, you know, uh, and you know, and, and just, and again, you know, I wasn't drinking much on, on top of it as well. So there's this program I feel has allowed me sort of just more room to live my life. And even with, yeah, even with travel, I mean, I listened to all your, you know, words of wisdom about ways to adhere when you travel and that's been healthy healthy as well but it's just been easier you know to yeah to live my life with this program than it has in other kind of more extreme things that i've tried to follow in the name of health yeah i i appreciate you sharing that because that's one of the reasons why we structured everything this way. And obviously, as you know, and you've kind of verified through Andrew Uberman, everything is science-based that we do. <laughs> um, so just yeah. Andrews would, would be the one validating <laughs> everything. He does validate everything. So it's a great yeah. podcast. Um, yeah. But that's the big part, right? Is if you have really strict rules to adhere by, um, it makes it very black and white. Like, you know, if you're on track or if you're off track, but then it is very limiting to be, to have to live that way in any scenario. So I always like to ask people, like, if you are, can you see yourself living your life like that for the rest of your life and actually enjoying yourself, right? Cause probably you can, but are you mm -hmm. going to enjoy, are you going to enjoy social events, family dinners without having to necessarily like bring your own food or make a huge mess out of the kitchen at the restaurant because you want to remove everything. Um, so I'm happy that you're able to travel and kind of enjoy yourself and you know that you're on track and you're still, you know, being healthy. Yeah. I've, I've, um, you know, appreciated gain from a lot of your guidance about, you know, like, okay, how to maintain the protein, um, which is, you know, again, always challenging, you know, for all of us in the program. Um, and, you know, while just on a day-to-day -day basis, much less when I'm not at home, um, which is yeah. often. And, you know, how to do that efficiently. Yeah, the uh, protein is definitely a challenge when it comes to, like we said earlier, if you consume low amounts of protein, like you will be healthy. Like there's a lot of studies to back mm -hmm, that up. Mm -hmm. But in terms of having a body that looks a specific way that we want to see for ourselves, there needs to be a higher intake. Um, and I've been at consuming more protein. I put it that way for over 17 years now. And if, and I was going to say, I'm not going to say it's going to take 17 years, but eventually you get used to structuring your meals in a way where it makes it more conducive to you to be able to hit those numbers. Um, uh -huh. you think uh -huh. less of yeah. it and it becomes easier. You just know that 
instead of having two sweet potatoes, you can only have one, but then you have half a block of tofu as an example. You sacrifice right. a sweet potato for a block of tofu. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like even today, I know that, you know, there'll be less opportunity, uh, you know, for protein or cooking. So I had, you know, two servings of the veg protein in my smoothie after yeah. my workout. Uh, in anticipation of that. So, I mean, it's that kind of sort of adjustments that I'm learning to make, um, yeah. you know, that I've learned in the program. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with two scoops of protein from time to time, right? I know that you don't do it on a daily basis and it's shown only in these scenarios where, you know, something comes up and then you have to deal with it the best way that you can. And so, right. Yeah. And that's how you ultimately stay on track, right? Perfection is kind of unrealistic, to expect that you're going to eat 100% whole food plant-based clean 100% of the time for the rest of your life. Like life will happen. We'll throw your curveballs, and then things will show up that you have to navigate. Um, which is actually one thing I want to do a better job at asking members because a lot of people listen to these interviews um, or look at the photos online and they go like, wow, this, they must've had a perfect journey to be able to accomplish this goal. Um, it must've been, everyone seems to expect perfection once they start the fat loss journey. Right. When in reality, there's no area of life that when you take on something, it'll be a smooth ride all the way through, especially when you're looking at like a six to six to 12 month transformation. Um, is there anything that has come up throughout your journey that you've had to navigate that had potentially was a little bit challenging at the time, but now you're better equipped to deal with? Well, as I mentioned, you know, the weight loss phase of the program. And again, I, I really admire people who have. Uh, you know, a great deal of weight to lose. I didn't. And that, but that was easy for me. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm very compliant, you know, patient. I, you know, person, I followed it was easy. You know, I followed the meal plan to the T, but where I freaked out, where my anxiety spiked was, oh my God, I've gone, you know, I've reached my goal. I've gone one pound below my goal. And now I have to add in calories, I was very, very anxious about that. And mm -hmm. um, that was just really a, a challenge. And to be honest, again, I felt like, okay, you know, the people I was seeing on the, you know, and I'm a lurker, I never I'm on the group, but I always am, I'm always listening to the playback. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was seeing 40 year olds, maybe some 50 year olds and 30 year olds. And how about, yeah. Okay. So it, they're, you know, they're doing great. What about me? You know, what about when I start this reverse dieting phase? Um, so yeah. yeah, that was, um, that was hard for me and also hard to be honest, you know, because again, my, you know, one, the irrational side will say, Oh, I just, I'll, I'll just go back to eating a thousand calories. If I, freak out and no I can't do that and I have to be honest with Sarah and I have yeah. to be honest with myself because I'm you know trying to break those cycles and that was scary yeah and um you know I yeah and I and it was I couldn't really talk about it with anyone but the people in the program you know it's sort of like um because not many people cool understand yeah you right? have to be in the cool club to talk about it um, well, I appreciate your vulnerability with that because reverse dieting is a new concept to a lot of people. Most people don't hear of it until they hear it from me or they're in the program. Um, and it is psychologically a challenging one 
to think we're going to increase food, but I'm not going to put on weight. How to like, there's, it makes no sense, right? According to society standards, when it comes to fat loss and most of the things that we learn about health and fitness. So it is psychologically more challenging. Um, but what you did was the right thing, right? Being honest with Sarah, um, because your relationship with your coach is a relationship. Um, and communication is important, right? Try not talking to your partner for a week and see how that goes, right? You'll probably have a little argument or some things are going to happen. <laughs> Same thing with your coach. It's important to be in communication and be like, hey, I'm struggling with this. And we've done this hundreds of times for reverse dieting. So we know that these things are going to come up and it's normal. Um, and a lot of the times the, the bumps that happen throughout reverse dieting and throughout fat loss, most of them are psychological. A lot of the times it's like, yeah, there's an emergency at work and then I have to move my workouts a different day. But a lot of these things, if we take the time to just pause and reflect, they're very easy to handle. We know how to handle them. But then psychologically, we make them worse by thinking, but I missed it on the day that I was supposed to do the workout and I'm going to do it tomorrow instead, which there's nothing wrong with that. But we think there's something wrong with that. And then we fall into a cycle of like, okay, I'm going to push it back. Okay, I sab I, I completely messed it up and then potentially eat something you're not supposed to. And then just rolls down to something even worse when originally all was needed is a pause. How do I deal with this? And then just following it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm happy you're in communication with Sarah because that's the best way to handle hardship or things that come up throughout the program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to ask you, is there anything that really stood out for you or that you've learned throughout the process of, of working with us that um, was a game changer for you and that you're going to carry with you once you're out of the program? I have full intentions of, um, you know, following your quote unquote blueprint um you know i like i've always thrived on routine and mm -hmm. you know this is no exception so i feel fortunate that way it's not it, it's for me it's a good thing um i mean granted when i'm traveling and such i have to practice more flexibility but in general um i have every intention of following it um and and certain things were already in place like i'm an avid reader and i've always practiced sleep hygiene that's i recognize the importance but then other things like yeah again drinking two liters of water meditating um at least for five minutes a day if not more the cold exposure even though i have to scream every time i get in the shower I usually wait till my husband's not at home so I can just take a yeah. shower. Um, you know, all of those things, um, I feel like, okay, I feel really good right now and I don't want to let those things go. Um, mm. So I feel committed to it. Oh, beautiful. And, and routine is a big part of successful people, right? In any area of life and in health and in, in, in fitness as well. Um, it's a good trait to have, right? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Jocko Willings. He's been on Andrew Berman's podcast several times, ex-Marine. Mm -hmm. But his saying is discipline equals freedom, right? And discipline comes to routine a lot of the time. And so it's creating a little game plan for yourself. I'm sure how you structure the routine in the day is different than other members in a program. And that's okay. We have to make it work for our own schedule and how it would fit our, our current lifestyle. 
Because like you mentioned, obligations are different with where you're at now versus some of the members that, you know, are, are, are 30 and have two, two kids that are babies, right? They have different levels of obligations and time restraints and, and things that are happening at the same time. Um, so I always like to ask this question to members uh, on the podcast. Change comes from making a decision all of the time, right? It comes to having a moment of... I just call it like a pivotal moment where something comes up or we have a thought or we hear something or an accumulation of events that bring us to a point of like, I need to change. I need to do something. Right. And you kind of shared your pivotal moment a little bit when it was kind of like listening when I was on the chef AJ show and it just clicking for you. So if there's someone that's listening, that is potentially um, in your shoes of where you're at before, right. They're, they're eating vegan. They're, they're, they're eating healthy. Um, they're, they're exercising. They're not necessarily noticing the differences that they want. Um, what is something that you would suggest to them to move forward and see some, some progression? It's basically one's willingness to, um, try something different. Uh, you know, I've always been aware that, you know, if you're, you know, the sort of an adage, uh, a stereotypical adage, if you're doing something without any um, results or the results that you want, you have to have the courage to question that. And you're worth it to question that, you know, to honor mm -hmm. that part of you that that is has that awareness that I'm not happy now in the situation I'm in. And, and so I need to do something different to... Um, for myself and not for anyone else. Um, I love and that. So really having the courage and foresight to say it's okay to stand back and make a change, even if it's uh, you know not gonna please others or um, surprise others or it's inconvenient, um, it's really worth it in the end. And as you've always said, you know, to, to practice patience along that journey. Because it is a long journey, right? Ultimately, it's my hope for you is that you continue to live like this forever. Uh, because now you have, you're equipped with the tools. Um, and I like what you shared. The uh, No one's ever said that before. The ability to question what you're doing, right? I feel like there's, as human, there's an addiction to the process that we're doing because we invested mm -hmm. so much into doing this thing repeatedly to get a specific outcome and we're not getting the outcome, but we've invested so much that it's really hard to pull back from it. Right. If I use the analogy of like a slot machine at the casino, like people are like, I've put so much money in this machine. Eventually it will win. Right. And they just stay there over and over again. I feel as humans, we do that. We invested so much into a specific method and it hasn't, paid off the results, but it's really challenging to pull back because we spent how many hours, how many years of our life trying to do it a specific way without results. So having the ability, the awareness to pause and reflect and having the strength to pull back, I think that would be a big part. Yeah, I think it's all too easy to follow habits, even if they're very unhealthy habits or un habits that are ultimately you know, not very gratifying or not really leading to tangible results. Mm -hmm. um, you've, what's the book, Atomic Habits? You read this book? 
no, but you know, that's, that's another thing, you know, I, that I appreciate that I will continue. Um, I tend to read mostly fiction, but, you know, hearing from your, you know, listening to the groups and such, I've really um, started to collect more nonfiction. Um, I think the one leap anyway, I've gotten several. The big leap. That's a great Yeah. The big leap I just got. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's been a good thing, but no, to answer your question, I'm um, yeah, I'm not familiar with, with that other one. Oh, it's basically a great book on on forming habits um but a lot of the times habits routine our time is always compared to the analogy of the junk door in your kitchen right like you move in you don't have room for everything yet and there's just one where all the screws and lighters and screwdrivers and leftover bag and batteries end up in and then you move out and you just have a bunch of random stuff in there it's the same thing for habits and routine like ultimately your 24-hour day will be filled with something and you either consciously choose what's going to fill the morning, the midday, the afternoon, the evening, or it will just fill itself with random items that don't necessarily add value to your life. So if you like, that's why we have the to-do list, right? Like if we block off time to meditate, if we block off time to read, to do our steps, to do our cold exposure, then we start to consciously build it into our routine to allow us to improve versus if we remove all of these things, you're going to spend that time no matter what. I don't know what you'd be doing with it, but is it going to be an activity that's going to serve you? So that's why it's important to consciously choose the habit and the routine that we build for ourselves, or else it will be built by default and it might not be something that serves us. Right. Yeah. That's a good book to read. Just add it to your your list of books. Yeah. 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 Um, Awesome. So Nancy, if you'd like to leave you with last few last words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up the podcast today, right? You're um, in my book, you know, success story in the program, you came, you lost the four pounds, you reverse dieted, you're 18, eating 1800 calories, got abs at nearly 70. Um, so you, you've accomplished a lot over a few months together. So I'm curious, like any words of wisdom you'd like to share with the audience? Well, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I, I, I've sort of felt like, look, I didn't have that much to lose, but I, I really feel, I mean, compared to so many in the program, um, you know, that I've really um, gained a lot from being in the program, even though, as I said, I haven't been a, a visually active participant. I've been in the background and, and really um, absorbing uh, all the information and, um, you know, from someone who came in with sort of a background in nutrition and um, fitness, and I, I had the benefit of growing up in a, in a household where health and longevity and fitness were really highly valued. So, um, you know, in other words, I felt I had all the answers or I had a good body of information coming in. I really feel I've learned a lot and I appreciate that. And I um, wish it for anyone who's, um, contemplating taking that journey and taking the leap. It's, Thank you. it's, really, it's really worth it. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm happy that you learned some stuff. Um, <laughs> and I'm happy that you've been implementing it and you're going to continue implementing it. Um, Absolutely. and I, I want to say a massive thank you for taking the time out of your day to record the podcast with me. Um, I know for a fact that the audience got some value from it. So I want to say a big thank you and uh, thank you to everyone for listening. And I will see you in the next episode. Great. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to support, please share it with others that would benefit from it. Share it on social media and be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Maxim underscore official and on YouTube at FitVegan. The links will also be in the show notes. I'll see you in the next episode.